Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. And we have a special guest joining us this week, the founder of our sponsors, Wednesday Bet. It's Jamie Mitchell. Hello, Jamie. Yeah, hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. Good to have you uh, with us. Now, we're going to be finding out uh, more about Wednesday Bet a little bit later on. Um, well, of course, the season kicks off tomorrow as well. We've got that to talk about. A couple of new signings, too. Uh, first of all, though, a goalless draw at Leicester last weekend. Did you see much of this, Dom? I certainly did, yeah. I uh, was watching that on uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, I must admit, I really wasn't enjoying um, Jerry Taggart's commentary um, of the match, but... <laughs> Um, and yeah, and what he was going to have for uh, for his lunch at half time, yeah, that was particularly fascinating. Um, but that aside, uh, yeah, for first half, Wednesday looked a bit dodgy and shaky at times defensively, but um, they created a couple of good chances, and I was impressed with Izzy Brown's contribution. Uh, I thought that you know he showed some flashes of what he's going to add. And bring to the team and so I think that's an exciting signing as I've said all along um, the key with Izzy Brown is going to be keeping him fit um, but the arrival of uh, some strikers this week which we will talk about I'm sure in a bit more detail um, I think will free up Izzy Brown to play in his best position which will be in that um, that sort of number 10 advanced attacking midfield role alongside Massimo Luongo and Barry Bannon. And I, I think that's genuinely um, something that should give people a lot of confidence uh, when you see that, you know, the quality of those three and people should be, I think, right excited at what they can do together. Um, but yeah, I thought there were some good individual performances overall against Leicester. Difficult to read too much into it. It's a pre-season friendly. Uh, the second half, we saw, I think, um, the limitations of Wednesday's squad, where, of course, on the one hand, it's great to see so many youngsters be given the game time and that Gary Monk's promoted so many of them to the first team. But realistically, uh, how many of them are actually ready for senior football now? Uh, I would suggest not too many of them. We saw Charles Hagen miss a great chance um, to sort of give Wednesday the win late on. Um, I thought Connor Grant did actually quite well. I think he's one of those that will be pushing out of the younger players closer into trying to force his way into Gary Monk's match day squad. Um, so, no, overall, good exercise. I, I, I mean, I have to confess, I didn't watch the game, which leads me, Dom, as the guy in the know, I have to ask you the only important question. Uh, what did Jerry Taggart have for his lunch? Uh, do you know what? I tried to zone out by that point. So I think he's talking about hula hoops and some sort of prawn sandwich, probably. But I might just be making that. Oh, up. No. But uh, yeah. Throw him uh, out. Uh, we, we, thankfully, we won't get a repeat of that, uh, hopefully, again this season of where we're getting uh, the other team's commentary. But um, I, I must say, though, at least we, we actually, not that you would know, James, because, uh, you know, you're part-timer and all, and you didn't watch the game. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you saw various angles, actually, of, of the game and replays. So I quite like that aspect of it. But, uh, yeah, Jerry Taggart was, uh, was uh, no, not good. Well, fair enough. Um, I mean, it, obviously, it's a pre-season game, and it means nothing. 
But, I mean, Jamie, on paper, like, you know, going to the team that won the Premier League not that long ago, is it three, four years ago, uh, and not conceding, you know, you, you, you'd take that, wouldn't you, on paper? Absolutely. And, and I think, interestingly, I was, um, I, same as yourself, James, I saw, I probably a bit more than you, I saw the last sort of half an hour or so um, and t- took some reports from uh, the family that were watching. I wondered whether we'd find out a bit more about whether he plans, Monk plans to play Dawson or Wildsmith as number one this year. I was, I was interested to see. And then obviously they both got 45, so no questions answered for me there. And I suppose the, the watching brief um, I'd very much got in mind was about Matt Penny and uh, and how he would look coming back from his stint at St Pauli and, uh, and whether he was going to be a regular for us. And um, be interested, Dom, to, to sort of hear how you thought Penny adapted second half and whether you think he's a, a regular starter for us next year. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad I actually flagged um, it up about the goalkeeping department as well, James. I did forget to mention that. Uh, that yeah, I thought they both acquitted themselves well, making a save each. Uh, you know, Dawson in the first half from Vardy, and then Wildsmith in the second from Damari Gray. And I thought Penny was solid. Uh, didn't do anything really spectacular or flashy at left wing back. But I do think that's probably his best position. Uh, and I, I think the reality is that he'll probably be the understudy, I would I would suggest, to Kadeem Harris there, I think, this season. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite clear, I think, that on the opposite flank, although Wednesday got Liam Palmer, Moses Odebajo, and you could even throw Azazi Urigidi into the mix as options on the for right wing back. I still think Gary Monk wants another player there. Uh, and when I asked Gary Monk about uh, Jacob Murphy um, in his pre-match press conference, he still hadn't shut the door on that. But I do think that that's going to be a tall order um, when you look at the number of clubs that are interested in Jacob Murphy, the fact Newcastle are taking a close look at him right now in pre-season and he's done quite well by all accounts. I think they're after Ryan Fraser in Newcastle. and So it might be that you get a bit of a domino effect of where if Newcastle get that deal over the line, then maybe Jacob Murphy might become available and not be part of their plans. Uh, but I would suggest that you know Wednesday, I know the white Dion Sanderson, who did well on loan from... Uh, at Cardiff last season from Wolves, uh, and he's a guy who can play in, in multiple positions. He's someone that Wednesday are tracking and keeping tabs on. So I think they've got other irons in the fire of right wing back anyway. It, it, it's an interesting one as well with regards to the goalkeeper um, situation, as you mentioned there, Jamie, because... You're right. I mean, you know, obviously they both got time on the pitch. Uh, and then we're thinking, and, uh, and we'll refer to this at several points during the podcast this week, because it's quite natural that we will do. The squad numbers came out a few hours ago, and we're thinking, oh, we'll get to see who's going to be number one. And of course, they both keep the exact same um, squad numbers they've had for the last couple of seasons. So we're just going without a number one. So no indication there as to uh, who Gary Monk sees as being his first choice goalkeeper. Dom, if you were a betting man, who do you think he's going to go with? I think for Walsall, it's I would say it's got to be Joe Wildsmith based on that he played the last nine matches of last season. Gary Monk may be looking to build some sort of continuity there with the three-man defence that we know that he's sticking with. So uh, it would then make sense to keep faith with Wildsmith to begin with. Uh, but then 
in his pre-match press conference. Yeah, uh, that was it. That Gary Monk. I mean, I spe- the other takeaway from the squad numbers is that Kieran Westwood hasn't got one. So. He, he really doesn't have any future. There's no chance. Although he didn't shut the door and he said pretty much never say never with Kevin Westwood. Uh, he's training with the under-23s. He's not being given a squad number. We're not going to be seeing under Gary Monk, Kevin Westwood play again, uh, I think, for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and he's got complete faith and trust in the two goalkeepers, both age 24. They've both got experience. Uh, I think that it will be Wildsmith that gets the nod at Walsall, but that doesn't then mean necessarily, and that's what Gary Monk said, that he'll be starting uh, against Cardiff. And he said that it's a difficult decision to make. I do think he, uh, that when we get to Cardiff, we, we need to know, though, for me, one way or another, who is the number one to be in with. You don't want to be chopping and changing goalkeepers. We've seen it too many times at other clubs where I think it unsettles everything where you know if you're playing a goalkeeper for a couple of games you're then taking him out bringing in the number two or chopping and changing I think that destabilizes everything so eventually Gary Monk he might be able to get away with it against Walsall but he's going to have to make I think a decision for Cardiff he feels like there's no particular logic as well in kind of playing one of them against Walsall and then changing it for uh, the game against Cardiff because it's not like we've had a long pre-season with different games for him to kind of try things out. I mean, effectively, Walsall is sort of like a pre-season game and then it's also sort of like, it's it's as if it's a league game because we, we should really be playing first-choice teams so they've got that chance to kind of get a bit of experience of playing together especially with you know the defense looking slightly different you know a couple of different personnel involved um what's what's your call on this jamie who do you think he'll um he'll go for in the number one spot well i was equally unimpressed with both of the keepers last year if i'm honest they both had decent ish spells and then then for me uh, both showed their frailties and and the, the areas of their their sort of weakness so distribution for both keepers for me is a massive problem and and, and until one of them steps up and becomes a better distributor of the football i think we'll we'll struggle in the, the goalkeeping department so for me they're they're much of a muchness um and you know I would love us to. I don't know what's going on with Kieran Westwood. I'm sure it's been covered many times, but you know, for me, he's the best goalkeeper at the football club, and would love to see him involved. I thought the interesting part about the squad numbers today is if you're Jordan Rhodes and uh, you've not got the number nine shirt for this season, when we've got you know potentially no recognised striker at the club, does that spell the writing on the wall for Jordan Rhodes this season? You know, I don't know, but I would be. Incredibly disappointed up until a week ago, being the only recognised striker not to be given the number nine for this season. But I suppose, I mean, the only other thing I would say to that is that um, we know that uh, Dapon Chansiri uh, from years gone by uh, has um, a little bit of a superstition about squad numbers and that's why certain players have been given squad numbers and we saw, we've seen Joe... We've seen, what was it, Joe Wildsmith with number three, I think it was, Jordan Rhodes with number, number two, six. Didn't yeah, number two. Um, so we, we, I suppose it's not a major surprise when it comes to squad numbers that um, there's going to be some strange and peculiar ones there. Um, and then Elias Kachunga's actually got number 45, which of course was Fernando Forestieri's, uh last season. So that, I suppose, was an interesting one. But 
yeah, it might be as well that Jordan Rose perhaps didn't ask for the number nine. Um, as, as incredible as that sounds, you would think as a striker, he, he would be banging on the door and you'd want that one. Um, but yeah, I am with Jamie that I think it, it probably uh, is a bit of a telltale sign that Gary Monk has left the number nine open as a target man is still very high on the uh, summer shopping list. Well, let's talk a bit about the recruitment that has taken place because you mentioned there, Dom, about um, Elias Kachunga, uh, who incidentally I think has the nicest name in football to say. Like, just the, It's got a great bounce to it, Elias Kachunga. It's brilliant, great name. Um, the question is whether or not he's any good because his goal-scoring record is, well, should we call it wobbly, kind of to say the best? Dom, I guess you probably know more about him than, than most. So, yeah, give, give us the... Uh, Give us the DL on uh, Elias Kachunga. Well, actually, James, before I go first, I, I would be quite interested to hear what Jamie's reaction to Kachunga's signing was before I do my yeah. I suppose my um, my only kind of um, knowledge of Kachunga before this was when um, Wallace uh, clearly grabbed a note off him in the, the famous game uh, away at the, the John Smiths. Um, I kind of based my opinion, not knowing too much about him and looking at his goal-scoring record um, after we signed him, on the reaction on social media from from the Huddersfield fans, which I always think shows the kind of, um, you know, what's, what's he been like at a club? And I have to say, almost to a man, they were all very, very sorry to see Kachunga go. Um, apparently a very good character in and around um, the, the city as well, did a lot for the charity. Um, and so if, if you go off the social media, which is kind of all I've I've done, and, and a very brief fleeting view from, uh, from Wallace, um, I, I would say, yeah, kind of hopeful. Hopeful we've got a good character as well as a decent footballer. Yeah, I think character is a big thing with uh, Kachunga. Um, I think his teammates are already calling him Kashi. Uh, other thing I would add to um, what, what Jamie was saying there um, about um, the signing and the the note with Ross Wallace and everything was great work by the Sheffield Wednesday media team yet again there oh, as no, well on that. No, I love no, that. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Really good. yeah, that was quality. They have seriously upped their game in the last few weeks. Um, and um, in, in, interesting on that, before I talk more about Kachunga, it, it, it was uh, noticeable that Gary Monk talked a lot about that was a big thing for him this summer, was that he wanted... Um, for the media team to sort of be brought more, in, in, you know, in that in house to show off the players' personalities, uh, and that you know he's wanting to show almost sort of um, the other sides to players' personalities that we perhaps wouldn't see, and you know that they've been given license to go behind the scenes, and that's why I think it's helped that move is creating a bit more positivity around the place at a time when we need that more than ever with the points deduction and the challenge that Wednesday are facing this season. But yeah, going back to Kuchunga, um, he was superb in the season. Huddersfield got promoted and, as we know, beat Wednesday in the playoffs. He was their top scorer, 13 goals that season. And um, deceptively good in the air. Um, for a guy who's under six foot, um, you know, he gets himself in good positions. He's hardworking. That's what he is. He, he will always put a shift in. Um, he's not the quickest. Don't expect him to go 
past two, three defenders. That's not his game. Um, but as a finisher, he lost his confidence um, and form a little bit over the last 18 months. And he's another player like Izzy Brown and you could, Josh Windass, you, you know, all the signings, you could say. They're hungry and they've got points to prove. Uh, and Kachunga is a good age when you look at 28. Um, and Wednesday they've only given him a one-year deal. So they basically put the ball in Kachunga's court to say, you've got to produce the goods this season if you want us to offer you something longer. Um, and so Kachunga will be, I'm sure, pulling out all the stops to get his career back on track as really that's it. The last 18 months to two years, it hasn't happened for him at Huddersfield who, um, uh, as we know, have struggled badly and nearly did the double relegation last year. Yeah, I've, I've chatted to a couple of mates who are Huddersfield fans who've kind of said that he was great in the promotion season and then Premier League was just a step too far for him. He just wasn't really ready for it and it's not quite happened for him since. But, you know, considering, you know, what kind of season we've got ahead next year, starting on minus 12 and all that, you know, he he is probably um, about spot on, really, for what we're, uh, what we're looking for. And, you know, he, I mean, he doubled the number of strikers we've got um, and that's, you know, significant in, its, uh, in itself. Um, but then, of course, by the end of the same day, we brought another one in as well. So um, strikers, a bit like buses when you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, this one we know a bit more about. Josh Windass, of course, with us on loan back end of uh, last season. Um, now, Dom, me and you talked about him a little bit um, in in our many and varied um, kind of end of season, mid season lockdown podcast, where we, I think, draw the conclusion maybe he's not quite going to be what Wednesday are looking for long term, and you know, maybe he's not the player that Wednesday should be going back in for. But I kind of felt a little bit as as things started to settle into place, actually. He'd be a good addition to the squad. Um, he's got, he, he isn't like the most prolific of, of goal scorers. But what we did see from him at the back end of last season is that he works hard and he's obviously got the kind of attitude that Gary Monk is looking for and fits into the kind of squad that Gary Monk's building. I think it's a good bit of business. You're talking under half a million for a player who's 26 now um, and is looking for a regular run in the team and that and uh, to put down some roots and that's what he's going to do he signed for a couple of years uh, I think there's an option of a third year with him uh, and he's worked before with James Beattie uh, at Accrington uh, and I, I keep banging on about it and I'm going to continue to do it we're all hoping that James Beattie uh, is going to work his magic with the strikers, the ones that Wednesday signed this summer, and maybe even Jordan Rose, or perhaps that's hacking a bit too much. We'll have to wait and see. But um, I think, yeah, with Windass, um, it, it was just obvious, and it has been obvious for some time, that Gary Monk was desperate to bring him back. He really likes Windass as a character player, what he offers. Uh, I remember Windass thinking... A QPR when he should have scored a hatful that day, missed a few, you know some great chances, but he was a big big threat. Um, and I suppose with Windass, the key is going to be consistency and trying to get that level performance out of him week in week out. What did you make of him back end of last season, Jamie? 
Um, yeah, I was kind of undecided on, on Windass up until the QPR game um, that Dom just touched on there. He he was very direct. He looked a huge threat all game, should have scored a hat-trick. Um, I don't think he answers Sheffield Wednesday's strikers' problems. I, you know, I, I, I don't think Josh Windass is going to get us 20 goals a season and fire us to safety first and then promotion. So I think he, you know, a good squad man. You hope, as you've, you've pointed out, that Beattie gets the best out of him. But for me, I, I don't see him as the answer to a, a striking problem for Sheffield Wednesday I'd see him more as either an impact player or, or, or somebody that we we put into the middle of the park late on to try and try and win us games um, but you know I, I was undecided but he, he was particularly good at QPR away I, I remember so I mean we find ourselves in a situation now where in terms of strikers in terms of the you know, recognized um you know kind of uh, pro strikers we have Jordan Rhodes we have Elias Kachunga we have Josh Windass. Um, uh, we we have a number nine shirt kind of going spare, and you know maybe it's us as football fans that make a big deal about these things, and uh, no one else in the club takes any notice or not. Um, Jamie, do you think that you know that that that's enough? Or I mean, I think we probably all say that we probably do need another another player in there. What 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 is what is still missing in terms of that that attack? Do you think? Oh, no, it is a number nine, isn't it? I mean, I think we all would. We're starting on nine as, minus twelve points um, this season, and I think you just look back through the history books. What gets you promoted out of the championship is goals. End of story. The, the high scoring, free flowing teams they get promoted. Um, we need a striker, and we need one quickly for me because Jordan Rhodes looks a shadow of his former self. The way we certainly the front end of last season kept clipping balls up towards his head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's just not his strength and. Uh, unless, you know, th- this three five two that Gary Monk looks like he's going to absolutely set up this season, if we take the back end of last season, it's exciting. Maybe that works more for a Jordan Rhodes, balls into the box, six-yard area, etc. But I, I I don't think Kachunga's a 20-goal-a-season man um, from, from looking at his record. I don't believe Jordan Rhodes is anymore, and I certainly don't think Josh Windass is. So without being um, a, a sort of doom, doom and gloom man, I, I think we do need two good centre-forwards at the football club um, to, to come in and, and give us those goals that we're going to need, firstly, to get out of, like I say, out of um, a, a position of... Um, 12, minus 12 points, but then certainly if we've got any kind of ambition to get towards the playoffs, which is you know where Sheffield Wednesday should be every season regardless, um, then we do need to sign some centre-forwards. And I, I would love to think that, that Gary Monk and James Beattie have got that you know, very much top of their list with the owner, um, that, that that's something they should be addressing. The numbers don't lie that Wednesday have lost 40 goals since last season with Fletcher having left Jacob Murphy going back to Newcastle. That's a lot of goals Wednesday have to find from other areas. Now, I do think there's going to be a greater emphasis on set plays. And uh, it, it was interesting talking to Dominic Iorfa this week about, you know, he didn't hit his goal target of five last season and he was disappointed with that. And he's looking to aim for five, six goals. We know that Shea Dunkley is a big presence and I expect Shea Dunkley, who got six last season for Wigan, to be delivering the goods from corners and free kicks when they get the opportunity to go up. And so I do think that Wednesday will be definitely targeting double figures from set pieces and it would be lovely to see a big improvement from that area. But that still doesn't get you 
anywhere near the goals that Wednesday will need. And that's why another two or three attacking additions are an absolute must. I, I kind of feel that if you could sum up what Wednesday sort of need now to complement the players that we've that we've brought in this week, it would actually be Stephen Fletcher. <laughs> you know, we just kind of need that sort of player that just scores goals when he's not really got any right to that. He's always in the right place. He's, you know, his brain is 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 one step ahead of everyone else. I, I disagree um, with I mean, that, James. I, I'm going to butt in there and cut you off because I'm good at doing that. Um, but I, I don't think he's he's not prolific enough, Stephen Fletcher, and he never has been in his career. So as intelligent as good a player as he is, I, I get the point you're making is that they need a target man. They need number nine but at the same time Wednesday do need someone who should be pushing 15 to 20 goals this season to get out of the predicament that they're in It's a heck of an ask though isn't it when you're starting on minus 12 to, to attract that kind of play, I mean assuming that there's someone available in the sort of market that we know that we're operating in which is well, it's not a big money, uh, a big money market. Um, uh, any kind of whispers that you've heard about anyone that you know might be uh, a possibility? No, the minute I mean, work's going on behind the scenes. The recruitment team um, are scouring not just England but abroad for uh, targets. Out, you would think any more loan signings, although they've got Izzy Brown in, they're probably looking at the back end of the window. Uh, to try and get them over the line. That domino effect that I touched on before, uh, I think is going to be very prevalent uh, in the championship, really. And that's why still we haven't seen that market um, kick really into life uh, and into gear yet. And so actually, this is where I think um, you have to applaud Wednesday for acting as fast as they have done in bringing five players in, uh, you know, that's more than most teams in the championship. And yeah, it needed to be done when you look at the amount of players that have left the building, but it does show that a lot of work has gone on uh, behind the scenes and in identifying these players and making sure they're the right characters and they bring the quality that's going to be required, uh, you know, for Wednesday to, uh, get to zero points as, as quickly as possible and then kick on from there. I would just add, somebody like a Lewis Grabin at Forest is exactly what we need. You know, 20 goals in a, in a fairly mediocre Forest team last year. You know, I know they were pushing for the playoffs and, and automatics at times, but they, they, they you, you look through their 1-11 to 11 and, I, and I don't think Wednesdays was far off that last season, man for man. But a striker like Lewis Grabin who gets 20 goals a season is exactly what Wednesday need this season. Uh, you know, makes things happen for himself at time. You know, I'm sure he's too expensive for us, but that kind of ilk is what I would love to see at Hillsborough next season. Yeah, no, it's a good shout, that one. I know Chris Martin was uh, someone that was linked with Wednesday this week or a few Wednesday fans were talking about, oh, you know, maybe we could sign him on a free transfer. But since then, he's gone to Bristol City. And I suppose with, with him, it would have been wages as well that Wednesday would have had to factor in. Um, and I, I think they need somebody who is experienced up top. I do think they do need someone who has been around the block and knows the championship inside out uh, to complement what they've already got and then maybe draft in or bring in um, some um, 
potentially talented, exciting players on loan from maybe you know the top end of the Premier League clubs. I don't know, you know, along those sort of lines. But yeah, definitely two or three players have to come in, uh, you know, for Wednesday to replace the amount of goals that they've lost. So we'll talk um, a bit about Walsall in the Cup in a moment. Um, first of all, Jamie, sir, um, we got a little peek at Wednesday Bet for the final game of um, last season. Um, I, I did my best on the podcast to kind of sub it up. Now, I'm sure you could do a much better job than I can of, of this. So um, tell us about Wednesday Bet. Yeah, no. Um, so we're a pool betting company, uh, very different to your sort of traditional um, fixed odds betting. So you can't go on to Wednesday bet and back um, Katunga to score first at four to one. That's not what we're about. We're we're almost um, like a lottery, I suppose. It's um, it's sort of between a three and five pound stake um, to play Wednesday bet, and effectively you go on and and you get asked questions about the game that day so you know will Barry Bannon have an assist today uh, will Dominic Iolfa clear the ball more than six times will Wednesday score more than three goals um, the answer probably no on the latter one um, the, so you know we're going on to Wednesday bet we're, we're, we're sort of saying answer questions about the football team uh, the match that day and you go into a league table and whoever finishes top of the league table will take a guaranteed thousand pounds home that day so very different really social really small stakes we're, we're you know, I saw some some of the tweets and things from the fans sort of saying, "Oh, great, Wednesday are involved in a betting company, etc." But it's very, very different. You can't, you know, back sad Ken at Wolverhampton with a hundred quid with with Wednesday bet. It's all about three to five pound stakes on a Wednesday game um, and see if you can top the leaderboard and beat your friends every week. So it's as simple as that, really. Um, we're working with a lot of football clubs, but being a Sheffield Wednesday season ticket holder, it was. Um, absolutely imperative to us to, to, to get this deal over the line and I do want to thank the football club Liam the commercial director was actually really really good with us and um, helped us get that deal over the line um, and we're also working with clubs like Rangers uh, Sunderland um, and we're the headline sponsors of the PDC Darts at the moment. So you'll see our company, we're called Low Six and we're the company that powers um, the sort of Wednesday bet platform for the season. Now, I know obviously we're in kind of weird times with football at the moment, but, you know, when I first heard about this, I kind of thought it's the kind of thing that I could imagine sat in the pub before the game with friends, sat with the app, kind of all sort of doing it together. And it feels like the kind of thing that's kind of more sort of a fun thing rather than like, you know, heavy, serious betting. Is that kind of a fair summary? That's absolutely right, James. And that's what we we are trying to promote here, as I say, if you want to have three or four goes at this, you know, it might cost you 10 quid, 12 quid to do that. Um, we don't want you to go and have £100 with us. That's not what this is about. It's about having a few goes of answering the questions about that Wednesday game that day and seeing if you can top the leaderboard to win £1,000. What we've committed to as well in the first month, particularly, um, we're going to make it free to play every week um, so people can understand the, the platform, get to grips with it, and we'll keep adding um, more and more features as we go through the seasons. Um, but yeah, listen, it's it's a fun, engaging way that we, you know, maybe it replaces the half-time draw that you used to enter at, at Hillsborough rather than you know replacing your 50 pound bet on whether Wednesday will win you know that's not what we're about so yeah very social uh, exactly as you said James we'd love a few friends to get get together before the game put their their Wednesday bet picks on uh, and then see where they fare on the leaderboard and if people want to get involved is it as simple as just downloading the app 
Yeah, download the app uh, on uh, all good app stores now. Uh, we'll be going live on the first game of the season. Um, we debated the Warsaw game, but we thought we'd uh, we'd save that thousand pounds for the for the real start. So um, yeah, we're going live uh, the first game of the season. The club will be promoting it, uh, and we're you know as a company, as I say, I'm a season ticket holder and one of the co-founders. So we're committed to putting some money into the football club as well over the course of um, the next twelve months. And again, working with the commercial department to see the department at Hillsborough to see what that you know what that can look like but you know wouldn't it be great if if a gambling company that you know had an affiliation with Sheffield Wednesday that it's um you know socially friendly it's not going to let anybody lose their house what a great story for both the club and for our for our business so that's what we'll be um, certainly working with the club on all season what's your background Jamie how long have you supported Wednesday for Oh yeah, long time since um, since my grand took me to Wednesday versus Newcastle United. I think Andy Cole scored a hat trick, so it was a long, long time. He was playing for Newcastle at the time, and she walked me up the north stand with her hands over my eyes, as they you know they do, and um, took my took her hands away and showed me Hillsborough, and that was it. it was It was love at first sight. So I um, then got a season ticket at sort of fourteen. I live in the Midlands, so um, used to sneak on a train up to Snop, uh, to Stockport and across to Sheffield. Um, you know, I've been season ticket for a long, long time and um, go home and away, really. So absolutely love the football club. All my family are, are huge Wednesdayites. They all live in Buxton in Derbyshire um, and they all travel over at, at Snake Pass to get down to Hillsborough. So, you know, delighted really to, to be involved with the football club in, in, in any way, really. So um, certainly looking forward to the season ahead and working with them. Who's been your favourite? Who's your favourite player? Um, recent times that I've watched at Canio, um, always remembering rounding the keeper Barnsley at home, last minute, um, unbelievable. First player I saw don white boots as well, and I, I remember thinking at the time, you've got to be good to wear white boots. Um, so De Canio, modern era, won't ever forget Chris Waddle, um, and probably my most underrated player that I was thinking about this the other day was probably Peter Atherton or Mark Pembridge. I used to enjoy watching both of those two play, weirdly. So, um, yeah, strange eclectic mix of players brilliant we we talked a bit about uh mark pembridge on, on, a, on a few podcasts during uh, lockdown didn't we dom kind of dragging him up as, as a bit of an underrated um player and disgusting peter atherton bit of a blast from the past i remember that absolute worldly scored at aston villa um yeah. where i mean that was like that was a, an adam reach-esque finish that wasn't it in the in the top corner perfect goal that brilliant I, I, abiding memory of Peter Atherton was I don't know if you remember when we had the I think it was the quarter final of the cup at Hillsborough Joe Kinnear had a heart attack that evening and we were, I thought we were shooing to go to the semis and the um, I, I looked at a program a couple of months back and the the full page pullout was a Peter Atherton poster in his black and yellow kit I thought fantastic I'll stick that one on the wall <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, um, great to hear more about Wednesday bet. And that's kind of like, it's what you want, isn't it? It's that relationship you want of a, you know, a company that's, that's, you know, kind of co-founded by someone that's a fan of the club who, you know, want the club to do well. It's just a dead healthy relationship. So I think that's, uh, I think that's brilliant. Right. Then let's talk about Walsall then EFL cup. Uh, it's a slightly early kickoff because I think it's on the, uh, on the TV and kind of anyone's guess as to what sort of lineup, um, Gary Monk will go with. What we do know is that Barry Bannon will will be captain because he has taken the um, armband on a permanent basis from um, Tom Lees. Uh, Dom, not a not a huge surprise this, although, you know, maybe we thought one of the new recruits might be in with a shout of um, taking over as captain, but I guess Barry Bannon, a, a perfectly logical choice. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I made my case for Shay Dunkley, uh, but yeah, I have no objections, no qualms whatsoever with Barry Bannon getting the captaincy. He wore it probably for about half of last season uh, with Tom Lees being either injured in and out of the team. Um, and he is a leader. I think he is one of the most vocal players uh, on the pitch. Um, and I think it's quite clear that Gary Monk was always going to go in a different direction this season and that he was going to take the armband off Tom Lees. And I think he's done it for a number of reasons. One, it's to actually try and get Tom Lees back to his best, let him focus on his football. Um, Tom Lees, um, I don't think, I wouldn't say he's been a shadow um, of his former self, but he's certainly not in the last 18 months to two years performed to the levels that we expect of uh, you know, from him. So uh, it's a big year for Tom Lees and he's in the last year of his contract. So he's got a lot to do. Um, and then with Barry Bannon, I think it's that Gary Monk is, is trying to get a reaction out of him to also perform at, at, at that high level. Um, and too often last year for me, he saved his best games for when Wednesday were on telly. Uh, and what actually we need from Barry Bannon is not to perform exceptionally well one every six matches, say. We need him to be doing that one every two, three. We know that he can be that man to dictate play from midfield. Um, and I think it's all part of giving the captaincy to Bannon, James, it, it is it's part of the new beginning, isn't it? It's a fresh start, really, that um, we've, we've seen new coaching staff in, new players have come in. It's a different sort of setup, and Gary Monk is freshening everything up, uh, and so it falls into that category. I would normally be sat here for the for the first round of the um, EFL Cup telling you how much I just don't give two hoots about um, any cup competitions. It's all about the league, which which is entirely true. Um, but um, it feels slightly different this because it's the first game of the season, because we've not really had all that much of a pre-season. It kind of feels like a game that we've got to take seriously. Whether or not we win, I suppose, doesn't really matter but we need to hit the ground running in the league so you know getting getting off to a good start and a, you know a nice healthy result at somewhere like Walsall kind of feels like it's quite important to me what do you think Jamie? Yeah no I, I think momentum's massive in in all walks of life I think if you're if you're on a good run whatever that's in um, you know it, it, it helps it's just human nature so let's get off to a good start play a strong team I mean I would be very disappointed if there was you know any sort of remnant of a, of a, a sort of reserve side at Walsall I, I think we have to hit the ground running uh, I think we need to get our new players bedded in as soon as possible and, and, and Dom to your point around Barry Bannon I think it was an obvious choice I, I sometimes wonder if Bannon um intimidate some of his younger peers around him when he's on the pitch. I, I do see him, you know, often our seats are sort of quite low down in the south stand and you can really hear him get stuck into people. And I've always wondered whether he would be the right captain for Sheffield Wednesday and, and whether that's the reason he hadn't had the armband before when Tom Lees was so obviously struggling for form. However, at this point in time, I kind of agree he is the obvious choice to be Wednesday captain. Um, and so I hope he goes, uh, you know, with a very strong team, uh, Gary Monk at Warsaw, and, and with the idea that we hit the ground running and we get a good, solid, confident result there and we move on. 
Brill, good stuff. Um, I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for um, this week. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for uh, joining us. The best of luck with uh, Wednesday Bet for the uh, for the season. I look forward to thrashing Dom every week, <laughs> as will almost certainly be the case. Uh, you can catch Dom at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott, or contact the show at Dom and James. Thank you to our goal partners, Wednesday Bet, that you've just been hearing about, and Title Law, who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. If you like Singing the Blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls, and we'll see you next week. Hold up. 